Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer and one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta, Venue Data Center Infrastructure Manager and also one of your hosts. And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's Network Infrastructure Manager and Cybersecurity Specialist. And I'm also one of your hosts. This is podcast number 91 for April 13th, 2023. In this podcast, Eric, Michael, and I discuss what IT considerations to think about when you're preparing for hurricane season. All this and more in the next Venue Podcast. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Venue or any guest's employer. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going, Will? Good. We're here for another Venue Podcast. Um, Just wanted to come back. We we, We got three... Uh, we did a three-part series recently on cybersecurity, and we think that was, um, I think people have been enjoying it. It's still out there on, 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 on YouTube and, and, um, and any, you know, fine podcast aggregators. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good series. Thank you, Michael, for putting that together. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it was pretty good, Michael. We enjoyed it. I actually learned a lot, learned a lot (laughs) from, from our, from our own podcast, (laughs) But um, yeah, today we have another good one coming up. We're going to talk about hurricane preparedness, and and this is you know it's kind of a, a topic we've talked about many times. But you know, hurricane season is coming up. Um, you know, didn't really, you know, it's something I it dawned on me today. Hurricane season starts at least in the south here, June first through November thirtieth for twenty twenty three, which means six months of the Half year. We're in hurricane season. <laughs> that is right. I mean, you know, I kind of like dawn on me. It's like what? <laughs> but yeah, and then and then and then you think about that too, because it's, it's actually a great point to make. Because some some places will have, you know, in their change management, they'll have provisions around, hey, you can't do certain things during certain seasons, right? <laughs> so when you start thinking about that, you have a six month period of, hey, can I make changes to my environment in the middle of a season, right? Yeah. So. So understanding the time frame of the season is actually pretty important. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 just crazy. I didn't realize it was six months of the year. Anyway, before we get started, though, um, you know, we, we definitely want you to go check out our last three part series on cybersecurity. Um, one thing I want to give a shameless plug for, guys, is someone that um, is on YouTube, another YouTuber that I recently discovered by way of one of our network engineers and cybersecurity specialist, Chad Maddox, who works who works in Michael's team. And I wanted to plug uh, David Bombal's YouTube channel. And uh, this guy's channel, he's, he's a CCIE. He is extremely knowledgeable on everything, networking, cybersecurity, even getting into some virtualization. So literally, I found out about this guy earlier this week. And I've been up to like midnight every night watching his videos because it's like very addictive. He makes cybersecurity very um, enjoyable to, to, to learn about. And also very, um, you know, very entertaining. So if you've never seen his his YouTube channel before, please do um, start watching it. And then, of course, you're going to get hooked because he does mention um, this this TV series that I really didn't. I knew it was out there, but I never really watched an episode called Mr. Robot. Yeah, that one's been out there a few years. It's been um, out there for years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. stars <clears throat> Rami Malek. Who who played um, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody? I think this was definitely before 
the Bohemian Rhapsody days uh, of him doing that movie. Uh, but it's a really good show. It focuses on uh, cybersecurity. It's definitely a, a um, you know a fantasy slash I guess sci-fi fiction. Fiction, yeah, fiction uh, TV show. But um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch all three series, three seasons rather. It's very good. Did awesome. I cut you off, yeah. Michael? I'm sorry. No, I was I was just gonna say going back to to David's YouTube channel. Um, it there's there's a lot of really solid stuff in there. Uh, like you said, he's uh, he covers networking, cybersecurity, a little bit of virtualization. But <clears throat> one thing that I like about it in particular, he covers stuff for people just kind of starting out, as well as people who are are you know really advanced uh, within you know either networking or or, or cyber. Um, and there's a lot of content, right? He's, he's not a YouTuber with like uh, 10, 15, you know, 20 videos out there. He's got a ton of content and he's been doing it for a long time. And, and it really shows with the quality of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about hurricane season and, and kind of, you know, this topic, again, we've, we've talked a lot about DR backups, hurricane season. It's like, um, it's like hurricane. It's like hurricane season brings together all of our. It's like all, everything that we do at Venue. Hurricane right? season. It brings people together, whether they like each other or not. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So you know, you, you can think, and, and you were here too, Will, back all the way back in Katrina days. Oh yeah. And in every aspect of the technology that we advocate for is basically utilized during hurricane season. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it is the the culmination of all of our services yeah and really the thing about her the thing about hurricane season uh, you know unlike other disasters that that we have in the united states or, or around you know the you know it's it's very it's, it's semi-predictable it's semi-predictable yeah unlike like earthquakes or right. natural disasters you know locusts whatever tornadoes, it is tor 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 yeah. Yeah, tornadoes perfect example tornadoes you have such so small a time to res to re to respond to that or, or to prepare for that uh hurricane season really number one you kind of know the, the times of the year when hurricanes come and then also you have a pretty good fair warning when you're about to get hit by a hurricane. Absolutely. Uh, so you can, you know, the thing is, is, you know, and, and, you know, six months of the year, you know, six months of the year, you're worried about hurricane season, six months of the year, the other six months, you should really be preparing for hurricane season. That's a yeah. great point. I mean, hurricane season in the IT world is, is a, is, is 12 months really. Right. Right. So you should be spending the, the whole year thinking about it and preparing for it because all you're really saying is how am I planning for uptime? Right. That's it. Right? right. So uptime for hurricane season is then transferable for everything else you do in life. Right. So it could be having to replace a, a generator in your, in your uh, data center and bring an entire data center down. How could you fail somewhere else? Or how could you be live somewhere else? Uh, so, so hurricane season and the ideas and the technologies and the processes that we put in place are used the rest of the year as well for others, other type of events. Absolutely. It, it's one of the more predictable things you can do. And once you kind of get into the, the cadence of running through your DR plans, thinking about disaster recovery in terms of your IT organization and really also your, your business continuity, right? What happens if your building, you know, gets demolished or flooded or something, um, you know, thinking about these things, you have ample time to do that. And I think it's, you know, it, it can be difficult, but it also can be something that over several years you can plan up to 
You know, not every year we're having a bad hurricane season, so that gives you time to to test, to plan up until you get, you know, a few years into doing disaster recovery that you're pretty got a pretty got got a pretty good plan, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the the tools and strategies we always use um, and really it pertains to how you react to, you know, how long can you stay down and how much data can you lose? And when we talk about RTO, or let me say, let's say, let's let's start with RPO, right? Um, How much data can you lose before it impacts business? Okay. Um, And that's something, you know, RPO and RTO, these are terms that we use so often um, when we're talking to customers about their applications, their IT infrastructure, you know, RPO recovery point objective, which means how much data can you lose without causing a business issue? And then RTO recovery time objective, or um, I forgot what the other term they call it, uh, not recovery time objective, which I think is the official term, but uh, return to, I forgot what it, what it was. Uh, Eric, help me out Operations. here. Operations. Operation, yeah. You know, how long does it take to bring up your workloads, bring up your applications, and kind of get business starting again, right? And, what, are- and what, what, what people need to realize, too, when you're talking about these two terms, is these terms go across your entire infrastructure, not just IT, yep. but also they are different per service, right? So how long can you be out of email might be different than how long can your accounting system be down. Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. not it's not a one size fit all approach. That's right. Even within a, a a customer organization, right? So an organization can't say, "All right, here's my RPO, here's my RTO," for the entire organization. Like you said, Eric, it's going to vary depending upon services because you're going to have different services that have different acceptable loss of data, right? Um, yeah. Sure. So, so let's let's let, I mean, as an example, maybe you're an, an, an EMR or EMS type uh, company that sends people out. Well, you're going to have to have your your incidents response uh, uh, services up immediately, right? You can't you have to be able to take phone calls. You got to be able to dispatch people, right? Mm-hmm. But you might not need to worry about billing someone for a month, or two months, or three months, whatever is acceptable for your company, right? So when you start thinking about your recovery point in your recovery time, the systems that mean that that manage and, and maintain your incidents response and your phone calls and your dispatch, those are critical to be up. And then everything else starts falling below that, right? Yep. At different RTOs and RPOs as we as we build out our system. And what you'll see a lot of times is that's what we will will specialize a lot in this too when you talk to clients, right? It's like, hey, you know, we're talking about you're you're talking about Zerto with us maybe, or you're talking about Veeam C, uh, CDP or Cohesity or whatever. However, you 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 put in 200 VMs into this and in, in spreadsheet and came up with this million dollar cost for your mm-hmm. for your product, but in reality, can we talk about your services and what you do? Because maybe we can slim this down to one, two, three, ten percent of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I do. Honestly, that's what I do whenever I'm talking to customers about disaster recovery. Right? Is that's you right. know, I, I, what, what do we normally do? We go, we talk to the customer, and we say, "Hey, can we see? You know, if you're virtualized, right? Let's take a look at your RV tools. You know, we have the customer run an RV tools export, or if they're Hyper-V, we use the Nutanix collector because it does Hyper-V, and we can get that information from the customer." And then the first thing we do is we import it really into like our sizing spreadsheet, which kind of details, kind of strips away some of the information we don't need about 
the infrastructure. And if you've ever looked at RV tools, it, it definitely gives you a lot of information. But we look for the things like, you know, how much RAM, how much CPU, how much disk storage. We try to tie the, the, the virtual machines to a business application. And then we say, okay, Mr. Customer, you know, these 200 machines you have, which ones are critical? And, and nine times out of 10, that 200 turns into like 10, 20, right. you know, right? It's, not, it's yeah. not everything. Because a lot of machines can be test machines, dev machines, maybe machines that are powered off that absolutely don't, aren't, aren't cared about or don't, or don't need a DR environment, right? Um, so we try and strip away things to make it more affordable for the customer. And then once we have the critical machines, we start thinking, okay, of these critical machines, which ones need to be up in five minutes or less? You know, how much data do these things contain? And if this data is lost, you know, are you good for 15 minutes of loss? Or are you good for two minutes of loss of data? And then we identify these real critical hot machines and we say, okay, these you need to do real-time replication on. And for, when we do that, we then look at products like Zerto, right? We've had Zerto on podcasts before, and it's a great product that we use, we've been leveraging for, for a number of years to get those highly available or, or machines that need the lowest RPO and the lowest RTO, get those moved off-site, Okay. Typically, when we're doing this, we're replicating to one of our data centers in Baton Rouge or Shreveport or a partner data center and uh, utilize or utilizing some type of cloud infrastructure. Um, you know, and then yeah. we look at the machines that need backups. Like, hey, you know, of those, you know, maybe 200 machines, maybe some that are critical that you might need to have up in a week, right, after the disaster. Or even a day. Maybe, or, maybe or a day. A day. Yeah. Let's look at things like, you know, Veeam Agent Recovery or, or Evolt or, or, or um, uh, you know, something like that, Carbonite, right? Where we can recover the data, the cost is lower, so you're not paying for heavy network bandwidth. You're still having to get the data off-site, of course, into one of our data centers. But then recovery, we crank those up, and they can be up in a day, two days, or a week, depending on what your needs are. But again, the, the, the key distinction here is all of this takes planning. Right, so you can't you can't wait until you see a hurricane in the Gulf and be like, "Whoa, we got to move!" Right? Um, yep. I mean, you you can, I guess, but it's it's gonna be you know one of those panicked like, "All right, you you can't take the time that Will's talking about where you figure out, okay, I have this many VMs, let's condense it down to this. It's going to be kind of a, let's just throw everything in type approach. <laughs> it's kind of this like- is, This is a thing that we talk a lot about with our clients, really. So so this, this all starts with your DR planning in general, right? So hurricane preparedness is really just part of the global idea of DR planning, as we were mm -hmm. saying earlier. But DR planning is a very detailed description of your environment and what you're going to do with your environment in the case of a, of, of an, of an incident. And so, you know, so by, so, so sometimes you forget. So I have this web server, the web server has to be up, Eric, that, that web server has to be up, but then you, then you dig into deeply to that web server, you find, Oh, well that web server is tied to active directory. Yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna have to have Active Directory up, right? So okay, okay cool. So I, now I know I got two pieces that I have. Up. Oh, oh well, the web server is actually not functional if I don't have my RSA server up, right? I yeah. used 2FA with it, right? And you start tying all these things together, and you find out, you know, okay, so 
and that's why usually it's more than just one percent of your environment needs DR yeah. true true replication. You start finding that you have all these systems that are kind of tied together, and 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 then you also start discussing what can be decoupled, right? Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, can I decouple this to do the, my work still? And so so all of those things that six months that we're not talking about at hurricane season, these things should be talked about constantly. You should be having a review of this. So I brought up a sure. new system. So I, so this month I just brought up a new system, right? So do I have backups for it? Do I have uh, what is this criticality to the system, to our environment? You know, what is this acceptable data loss? So every time you do new systems, it has to be the whole plan kind of has oh, yeah. to be evaluated. Yeah. Right? Anytime a new system comes on or application, you have to consider all the pieces that it touches. And then right. not only, hey, who's the user? How is the application being, you know, all the normal things you do with IT, you have to go, okay, now let's see if there's a, what, what do we have to do for disaster recovery, right? And Absolutely. the good thing is, and as I said before, it was, you know, your disaster recovery plan typically won't be built the first time. You know, you, you hopefully you have everything backed up and you'll, you'll do your best the first go around when you enter, you enter into a disaster is you're going to say, okay, at least maybe I got my most critical machines, but I forgot X, Y, Z. And every time you go through either disaster recovery test, keeping your fingers crossed that you've, you're doing those things, you'll learn a little bit more about your environment that you may not necessarily know. And that goes to your point, Eric, about knowing, you know, um, what application, you know, this web server touches this SQL server, this SQL server touches this active directory, right? So you're starting to know how your applications work. Maybe you do already, but usually that second or third disaster recovery or disaster recovery test, your, your plan is maturing. It continues to mature. And it's never really, it's always a living plan, right? Because as you said That's earlier, right. you're, it needs to be revisited. Yeah, you're always yeah. bringing on new applications. So you got to kind of have to, Always update your plan. Absolutely. Well, and vice so we, versa. Like sometimes you sunset stuff, right? So you, you have to account for that too. It's your organizations don't always grow, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they they move something off site. So uh, it's it's a it's an iterative process that needs to be revisited right. and and, and that's a, your, your statement is actually an important thing here, right? To, to, of consideration. So let's just say you move your email off site to. Google, Office 365, um, your, your cloud provider of choice, right? And so now you're no longer having to maintain your Exchange server or your Novell server, whatever it is you, your, your email system is running in. And, 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 and so now you revise your plan, but your plan also might revolve around, hey, where does my email actually sit at in Office 365? Is it, in, is it in the East Coast? Is it in West Coast? You know, am I, what am I using for backups of that system, right? What am I doing for uh, for uptime of that? Am I paying for uh, failover of my sites between other mailboxes? Because yeah. contrary to popular belief, Microsoft, Google, and all the providers, they don't just give you that, right? So you may yeah. have in-site in um, duplication. So uh, if I'm in a data center, these this set of servers go bad. I can fail up and come over on these other servers. But if the site goes down, you, they, you're not paying. You're not paying for that. That is an extra service. Yeah. Right. And, and I, go ahead. I'm sorry. And so, so the idea is that as the hurricane is coming, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so I'm in, I'm in Atlanta, and uh, I, I'm fine. The hurricane's going into uh, Massachusetts. However, Massachusetts is primarily where my email is. 
right? So you have to think about those things. It's, 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 it's an, like I said, it's a never-ending story. And just because you've moved out into a public cloud or moved things out of your office, that doesn't alleviate you from having to worry about that service. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and, and I hope no one's no running no veil netware anymore. Uh, <laughs> you well, use yeah. that. I'm like, Oh, that's a blast from the past. So I'm going to show my age. We do still have people that are utilizing mainframe and AS 400 and things like this. So that still is around, but you know, hopefully netware is gone, gone now. Um, so yeah, you know, really. And, and again, guys, just knowing, knowing your application, knowing your environment, that that's, that's, not at what 60 70 percent of your of your of your work is really understanding your your own environment and how it reacts if you had a hard hard issue with with a disaster the yeah, other thing we're talking here we're talking here about like you know like it was that real-time application you know, zerto veeam cdp and cohesi cdp right mm-hmm. primarily the ones that we we kind of sell and we kind of try to specialize in here sure. at venue. but re- but remember if you're if you're someone outside of our our you know our, our services offerings and you're using, you know, uh, VMware and have two data centers, you know, you know, you have site re- recovery manager you can utilize, sure. right? Or if you're a Nutanix shop, you can use Nutanix, and I forget the term they call it, but you can use Nutanix application. You can u- even utilize Nutanix with Nutanix Cloud, right, for, mm-hmm. for DR. So there, so there are other real-time replication services outside of Zerto, Veeam, CDP, Cohesity CDP, which is the primary ones we, we, we support. Um, and talk about, but these other services are out there and, and you should be talking about that with your, with your, your own business operators and your own, um, you know, application owners about the, 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 the need for uptime of these services, because if you're not using venue, these other things can help you in the, during a disaster. Absolutely. And really, you know, I, I would say in, in 2023, it is the easiest and yeah. cheapest thing to keep your business afloat is, is having a disaster recovery plan. Back several years ago, people who had DR as a service plans were usually your really big corporations, big shops that needed to have this, and they had a disaster recovery plan or they had a disaster recovery team. Now, even if you're a small to medium business, it's totally affordable to utilize these new tech, these tech, I'm not going to say new, these technologies to do disaster recovery, uh, where it's more accessible to, to, to our customers and people who are in even in small businesses, right? Because maybe you can't, maybe whatever circumstances, maybe disaster recovery or real-time replication, disaster recovery as a service, isn't in your, in, in your um, you know, it's not, it's not meeting your need or financial need, right? But you can look at backups. You know, getting your backups off-site is sometimes can save your company. Maybe it doesn't take, maybe it takes you a week to get up, to come back up or maybe a few days, but you've got your data. You are recoverable. The worst thing sure. to do is not have your backups at least off-site somewhere. Sure. You, you don't have your backups off-site. You're, you're, your data center, your closet, whatever, where your, your servers are floods, right? You know, you, you kind of out of luck, right? I mean, so, somebody might be able to recover that data, but it's going to be a long time, mm-hmm. right? So someone's got to swim down into the flood or, or go in there through wade through the mud and whatever, pull out those discs, start cleaning them, looking for data, stuff of that nature, right? So having having your backups offsite follows that whole three, two, one strategy that we talk about a lot of times with all with all of our services, but primarily in the backup world, you know, you always have three copies of your data. One of those copies, by the way, can be your actual 
actual productive data. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have have uh, two copies and one offsite. And, and the thing I'll also I'll say is, and I'll make an analogy, kind of reminiscing about not a good thing, but when we had Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, uh, back in those days when we were we weren't doing a lot of real time replication at that time. This was several several years ago. But we had customers that we were starting to kind of build DR plans for. And I, I was working with a company, a law firm in New Orleans, and they had literally just finished setting up their backups. They only had a few weeks of backups in our data center off-site. Hurricane Katrina hit. We didn't have time to do a lot of testing. We didn't have a lot of time to set up, you know, a, a really true disaster recovery plan. But they gave us a call and said, listen, you know, whatever we got, let's try and get it up. And luckily, we had done a pretty good job of making sure that all their critical machines were backed up off-site, that when they literally came to our data center, we were already recovering data. And then the next day, they were up and running. Their their email was up and running because they were using Exchange. Their large databases were up and running, and their applications were functional. So, right. so that's a at least example. have the backups off-site. That right. is like backup right. and recovery 101. You know, keeping it on-site... Yeah. And then your 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 office floods, you're probably not going to get that back that data easily, right? I mean, or it's That's going right. to cost a ton of money to go to something like on track or whatever to to pull off those bits. That's right. You know, so getting the data offsite, you know, getting an offsite network available that that's all good. But you also have to think about. After the event has happened, okay, let's say your you know your normal for you know brick and mortar has has gone down, but you were able to recover your data to a cloud provider or a remote data center. What do you also have to think about? Not just are my systems up, but how are my users going to interact That's with right. those systems in a completely different location? Yeah. If you're fortunate and and, and have done a very um, you know, have a mature disaster recovery plan, then it really should be a no-brainer. Your customers should just be able to log into your desktops, their, their desktops remotely or something, and access th- their, their data. But a lot of times, you know, we have to think about, okay, well, you know, how are your users getting to the data? How are they actually, you know, are you, are you doing remote desktop services or are your users you know, carrying their laptops around with them? Or do they have laptops, right? What end-user devices are going to get them from either a hotel room or grandma's house back to their data? And look, you know? I think something that's overlooked in that in that statement, and, and, I, and I've seen this with another client I helped before with, you know, they were using Citrix as their mm-hmm. entry point. However, they had never been trained on this. They'd never been trained on using Citrix, yeah. sure. right? So, so okay, yeah, we have Citrix. We, it's perfectly well. The end user didn't even know how to get in. Yeah, right. And then when they got in, oh, I, I got a desktop, but then they didn't have all their applications ready in their desktop. Right. That's well, one so, of the powers of actually going through a DR test. Like absolutely. A, an actual DR test. Um, you're you're allowing those users that opportunity to to test it, and and also for organizations having documentation that they can distribute to the to the users right Absolutely. Uh, maybe maybe a folder or something like that that you know all right if this happens open this folder it's it's got you know a printout of what you need to do and and something I'll say that's that's also important for organizations to understand 
when you're talking about business continuity and, you know, say, say a disaster, in this case, we're talking about hurricanes, that really doesn't have anything necessarily to do with technology, but where do people go? Yeah. Like physically, where do they go, right? If, right? if their neighborhood or their section of town or their city or whatever doesn't have power and the cell phone network is overrun because of emergency responders coming in and stuff like that, they don't have power. So, you know, their laptops are going to run out of, you know, charge quickly and then they can't just tether to their phone because the, the cell phone networks are overrun. Mm. So where do those people physically go to continue working? That's another uh, kind of key piece to this that sometimes is overlooked, right? It's like, all right, we got our, you know, we're, we're doing Zerto or, you know, we got backups that we're going to recover from and here are our printouts for our people on how to connect. But then when it happens, it's like, oh, wait a second. Where does everybody go? Yeah, and that's really the more stressful time is, you know, if a person's never tested DR or never, you know, not not IT, but like the end users have never been through a DR test, that's the worst time to actually try and execute a plan is when everyone's stressed out, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, and I'll say this, you know, DR tests don't involve just IT. It really That's should right. involve everybody, right? IT, right? IT does, you know, 80% of the work, 90% of the work. But if the end users aren't comfortable with say, okay, I'm going to take out my laptop. Okay, first thing I do, I need to get to work. I need to launch a VPN client. Boom, I'm connected to the corporate network in, in cloud. Now, how am I going to access my applications? Am I running them locally on my, on my laptop or desktop? Or am I using Citrix or remote desktop services uh, or, or another desktop virtualization yeah. software. And then once I'm there, you know, are the application set up for me? Are they, are they ready to use? So all I have to do is click on the icon and start using the application. Right. Yeah. And I, I think Michael's point about like, even like cell phones is something that people overlook. We've seen it before where the entire cell phone community in, in Louisiana was brought down. Right. Yep. We, 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 and, you know, if you're using one provider, you kind of had connectivity and you could text, but you couldn't really make a phone call. But you could text old school. You couldn't text if you're using an iPhone with, you know, iPhone messaging or anything like that. Um, if you're using the other provider, you're lucky if you could do anything, you know. So so then communications becomes a, a, a key thing to this because then we want to be – we want our end users to be able to, to react responsibly, responsibly – without having to be communicated with. So I know I'm critical to, to be answering a phone. So I need to get to a location to answer the phone. Maybe I'm the, the dispatcher for a, a, you know, for a large machinery company. They're gonna, we know we're gonna start getting a lot of calls now. We gotta get these this bulldozers out. We need to get cranes out, stuff of that nature, right? So I gotta get to a place where I can, I don't have to think, has anybody called me to tell me I need to react? I, I know what I my role is We've gone through this test as a, as an end user. I need to move and get myself into an environment. Maybe I'm going to Starbucks. Maybe I'm going to, you know, the the local Circle K or whatever that has internet that I can get on. Or maybe I'm just going to a hotel room, right? Yeah, that's the that's the closest place I can get to. But that, that also, has to, and then having the, your the hotel part has to be planned out ahead of time. Sure, right? absolutely, because, because a, they're going to be overrun. That's where, and I was going yeah, there, right? Yeah, and honestly, we did we experienced that with Katrina because when when Katrina hit, a lot of people came from the New Orleans area 
into into our data center and we're like having trouble getting hotel rooms and we had people yeah. like well i'm just you mind if i camp out in here in your lobby I'm like well, okay sure you know luckily right. we had showers we had um you know we had bathrooms bathrooms yeah. and things for people to, to have our, our be reside in our business continuity center um you know and god i remember walking through there and seeing kids and dogs and you know people in the worst time but yet they were still able to work and one of the things i'll always remember is um the 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 company that came from the law firm that came from new orleans they literally came to me and said man and the guy was in tears he goes i lost my house i lost my car i, I only have the clothes on my back i have my dog my wife and my kids that's all i have but the one thing I do have that I'm still able to kind of keep my mind off is I still have my business. You know, I still yeah. have my, I'm still able to work. I have email. I have my data. I'm going to be okay. And, you know, yeah. that's the thing I will always remember throughout my IT career is, you know, the feeling of helping that guy get around a disaster. And he didn't have a big elaborate, you know, Zerto, real-time replication, failing over, failing back. He had just backups. Right. But he had something, and it was off-site, and we could help him. And that business continuity that we offer, yeah, we take it a little bit different too because even internally. So this is something we do as a company. Hey, there's a hurricane coming. There are going to be who's, – who's going to be in the data center, right? So we're sending people to the data center, right? And you're going to work out with your wife, your kids, or your husband and your kids, or your dog if you are just got dogs. And you're going to say, this is what's going to happen with them, and I'm going to go to the data center, and I'm going to be available for work, right? So – and in the data center, we're going to have food for X amount of days. We're going to have water and drinks yeah. for X amount of days that these people can be holed up in the data center as a way of offering services, not just to ourselves, but to our own clients, right? So you take that to, you take that to your business. And if you're a, a mission critical business and you see the hurricane coming that back to what you were saying, Michael, about the planning, you say, okay, I know that I have to dispatch large machinery as what we were talking about a minute ago, right? So I need to get to the, to the venue data center with a room at in driving distance to that data center uh, for a hotel and I need to be prepared to work, right? So I'm going to go there. I'm going to put my laptop on there. Okay. I came up, everything's working. Then you thank you. I'm going to go to the hotel room and I'm going I'm to be sleeping until the hurricane hits, right? And you're already in prepared in pre preparation mode for the hurricane. 90% of the time hurricane comes over, everything's fine. We, we, we drive home. So it's called insurance, right? This is yeah. all this is, is yeah. an insurance policy, right? Yeah. But we do all that stuff in advance. And so that piece of that human, that human piece of this whole process, a lot of times gets overlooked. And then everybody's running around like, I don't know what to do, right? I don't know what to do. And, and, and in venue, we're trying to say, okay, look, just sit down for here for a second, okay? We're going to get you an, an internet. While we're doing that, you see if you can find yourself a room, Right. You go see if you can get yourself, your family out of your household, wherever they're at right at this moment. Uh, if they're in, if they're in, um, they're, you've had disaster at their own mm -hmm. home. And, and, and we try to take care of that piece for you. But hopefully you've done that as a company where you've already had this kind of ranged with your staff so they know what they're doing. This is a big thing. We, we talk about it every year. And as those hurricanes come, we have calls that kick off. We say, okay, here comes the hurricane. Who's taking what role? Yep. Who's going to be, because we have floating people, right? So we say, and we try not to make the same exact people there every time, but we have the the groups. You three people, which one of you is taking it this time, and and we all kind of just execute that point so that when the hurricane hits and the 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 
building loses power from the world, our generators kick on, our oil, our gas and oil are there. We have a truck sitting in the gin yard waiting to fill backfill that that gin. And we have humans sitting at their desk saying, I can take phone calls, I can keep systems up. Yeah. Right? I'm not gonna say our we love to have hurricanes, but no, we've we gotten don't. we don't love to have hurricanes, but we've gotten very over the years, we've gotten very good of helping people recover and, it, and respond to hurricanes. It's what you said earlier, Michael, or, or Will, one of you said it, you know, this this plan changes, right? And so yeah. you go through it one time and you say, oh, man, I really wish I would have had such and such. So for the next time, you have that, right? Yep. And then by the time you've done it and you know, we've been through a whole bunch of them here, you know, we've kind of got down to a, a to a, a simple science, right? It's just it's XQG. never it's never routine. But it, it gets easier every time you go right. through it. That's kind of what I'm saying is, is you know, the, the more you do it, the more you practice, or the more you unfortunately have to go through a disaster and recover from it, the easier it gets. I'm not going to say easy, but it's, it's, it, you, you tend to not be in panic mode. You, you know what to yeah. do. You know how things are going to respond. You get through it easier every time. And we have incident response meetings where we'll talk about, mm -hmm. like, what happens if this system goes down, guys? Yep. Right, the second it just things you get this phone call and the system's down. What, exactly. what do we do? Right, so we, we we kind of prepare for these things, right? And this is this is something that's a little bit more difficult to do if you're a law firm, right? Because that's not your that's not what you do, but maybe you're gonna you're gonna be talking to your IT provider, right, or your your whoever you outsource with, and and you're gonna say, look, we need to have a DR plan. You know, can you help us execute? Can you help us also do preparedness for this? Can you help us do uh, testing? human testing as well, right? And and you get them to kind of do, to lead that for you so that you, so as you walk into your testing, you're taking the four hours to do your testing and then you're walking out. You're not having to spend two or three weeks doing it yourself. Yep. The other thing to think about when you're doing disaster recovery plans is network and cybersecurity, right? Even though we're talking a lot about bringing systems online and getting people moved around, um, it doesn't mean that you forget about cybersecurity because the worst thing to happen when you're in DR mode and you're running in a remote data center somewhere is for you to get hacked through a cybersecurity event on your on your recovered data, right? So you know it's so not let's, like let's just say you you came up with like a <laughs> a, a router. And and it had any any open to the world, so you were, so your business was working. Yeah, but, <laughs> but all of a sudden you started getting not, flooded with you know. That's yeah. so you got double whammy. You got your right. you know your 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 disaster recovery you recovered from. Okay, whew, I got finished with that, but then you start you have you have to consider the same methodologies that you use to protect your internal you know, yeah. business, you have to also think about that in cloud or at your yeah, or VR you're backing site. up your server that just failed over. Are you right? backing up because, your server that just failed over? Because Bob just deleted an entire table out of SQL. Oh, Bob. Right? <laughs> yep. and so, so yeah. So, man, that's a great point, Will. Yeah. I mean, this, these are the things that, you know, we talk about these things a lot. And, and, and as we talk about them, they all pop out. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that, right? Yeah, Michael's but there these going. These are things that everybody should consider. Yeah, Michael's there going, <sighs> People can't forget Why? about cybersecurity. Yeah, I but mean, yeah, it's a good I mean, because you don't you don't know how long you're going to run in DR. Yeah, right? right. It it's it's variable depending upon how bad <clears throat> the the disaster actually is. So, um, you may not you may not do it at all. Like Eric said, if if the the hurricane just shifts a little bit to the east or west, you you may be fine, but it may be bad, and you may be running out of DR for 
days, if not weeks. And again, if you bring in, if you don't forward think and account for cybersecurity on, on the front end and you just, oh, well, I'll, I'll stick something over there, you know, and, and not worry about uh, hardening it, you, you could be kind of, like Will said, I think double whammied, right? Yeah. You're, you're dealing with the fallout of the hurricane and then you're dealing with a potential cyber event. And and the other thing on the network side that I, I find particular particularly important to point out is make sure you think about that and configure it a, ahead of time, right? A, a lot of times you see organizations that get bogged down because they don't have anything pre-configured from a networking perspective uh, for their DR, right? So they're having to do things on the fly. And, you know, as we, we talked earlier, there's there's a human element to all of this where people are dealing with outside stressors, mm-hmm. what's going on with their family, what's going on with their home, you know, and doing all of this planning ahead of time makes it much more much easier for people to deal with, right? Um, whereas if they're having to try to think about complex things on the fly, it's it, it's an added stressor to them that they don't need at that time. And it's going to slow the entire process down. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, testing, preparation, planning, these are the bottom lines, right? You, you have to do all those things and you should be doing that at all times, right? So I, as I deploy a system, or decommission a system, you revisit the test and the plan uh, because that that's always changing. It's always it's always growing or shrinking, but nothing stays constant. It's very rare, very rare that we see you know things stay constant. And so, and then and then also going over this multiple times. So so just because I had did test last year, right, doesn't mean my humans this year remember that test. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So, so repeating those tests and maybe changing it a little bit, you know, to, to make it work, but testing is critical. And the only way you can test obviously is you, is if you have planned. Yep. So really guys, the bottom line, have test, a plan, test, 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 have plan. a plan, something, it doesn't have to be an elaborate, you know, real time replication, but have a plan, at least back up your critical systems off-site, get them out of your, you know, local data center, server room, closet, whatever. And then if you can, just test it. And, and again, I will stress, in 2023, it is the easiest thing to do these days and kind of the more most affordable thing to do to keep your business afloat is work on a DR plan. One well, and, and another thing I'll point out there is if you don't know or you're unsure, ask Ask somebody who, who who knows how to do it, right? Reach out Absolutely. and say, "All right, I'm. I don't really know where to go. I don't know how to figure out what what my RPO and RTO need to be for for our different systems. I'm not really sure. Should we go with a with a DRAS solution with with real time replication, or should we just do backup and recovery? I I don't know. the The answer there is don't do nothing go ask somebody who, who understands this stuff and, and can help guide you through it. Like, like we've done so many times with customers in the past. Ask your friendly venue sales engineer who has had a lot of experience with disaster recovery to help out. And we typically will do that, right? We'll at least get you down yeah. 
the right path and have you start thinking about these things and, and, and get you, get you where you need to be. Sure. All right, guys. Well, I think this was a good podcast. This was actually a fun one, even though it may not be a fun topic. It's a topic we, we're, we've become comfortable talking about over the years, right? Well, this is always a fun one because this is what we talk about every day. You know, you, you, you mentioned that, hey, it's hurricane season, almost hurricane season. Eric, should we do a preparedness you know, podcast? I'm like, yeah, just put together all this. I mean, <laughs> this, this is the subject lines that we can talk about day in and day out. I, you know, I don't have to look at a... Yeah. You know, normally, list. normally when we do these podcasts, we have some type of not a script, but we have some bullet points on this yeah, one. Bullets. We did have bullet points, but it's like we, we kind of jumped around a little bit because we, we are so familiar with going through this right living in, in Louisiana. Um, it's almost something we, you know, you grow up, you grow up thinking about. Right. Right. But anyway, thank you for listening to this venue podcast. As always, you can find us on the Apple podcast app. We're also on Spotify. Uh, tune in Stitcher Radio wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Uh, we love reviews. Please give us some ratings, some reviews on 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 Apple i on Apple uh, Podcast or any of these other um, uh, other places where podcasts are found. You can engage with us uh, through email at podcast at venue dot com. And also find us, if you're just doing the old-fashioned way and going to our website, you can go to www.venue.com slash podcasts with an S. And there you can listen to all of our episodes as well as click on a button there that says talk to the podcasters. And then you can send us uh, an email that goes to myself, Eric, and Michael. Maybe you want to be on our podcast as a special guest. Maybe you have a topic that you want us to talk about. We'll be more than happy to entertain that. And also, and did you mention that we've moved to YouTube? Oh, I forgot about that. Well, yes, we're on YouTube, which you may be watching this now uh, on our YouTube channel. So please also subscribe to our video. I've got the, the the face made for for radio, but you know we are we are we have decided to do a YouTube podcast as well. So, and as we get as as that matures too, you know that that will probably become a place where we can do things where we can show, have slides and we can have more visual type discussions around things that that need you know more of a diagram look where you know hey this is how a network works and you can put up uh, you know a diagram and, and and talking about it online is, is is great people that listen to podcasts probably get it we get a lot of very sharp people that listen to our podcast but sometimes the visual piece of it, it will be out there as well Absolutely. we did a little bit of that when we talked about we sure threat did. hunting we um had a few uh kind of visuals you know talking about the diamond model and um cybersecurity, you know, kill chain and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah, that was a good, I, I really guess. learned a lot on that podcast. You know, even though we talked a lot about it collaboratively, it was a good podcast. Yeah. All right. So we definitely will have more to come. Uh, some of the topics we're going to be talking about in the future, Kubernetes, um, more cloud, uh, third party clouds. So we have a lot of good things coming up in the future. So stay tuned. Yep. All right, guys. Take care, everyone. Have a good thank, weekend. Thank you.